the Purple Mafia with your host, Paladino Joey. Well, we'll see. The doctors would disagree, but what do they know? So let's just say that you'll pay me because it's in your interest to pay me. Is it worth it? I mean, you've won. You want to wipe everybody out? I don't feel I have to wipe everybody out, Tom. It's just my enemy. That's all. My father taught me many things. He taught me, keep your friends close, put your enemies close. These are wonderful things that we've achieved, and there's no limit to where we can go from here. Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. It is Sunday, January 1st, 2012. That's right, Sunday, January 1st, 2012. Happy New Year, everybody. It is episode number 106 of Purple Mafia. It is a new year, and it will be a new season. <laughs> yes, because the Viking season has concluded. They finished 3-13, and so the Vikings do indeed land the third overall pick in the 2012 or 2012 NFL Draft in April. That will be a good thing to get the third pick. So <laughs> we're going to talk back and forth about the two quarterbacks, Christian Ponder, Joe Webb. We're going to talk about the future. We're going to talk about the running backs. We're going to talk about the secondary. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff. Of course, we're going to get to the Facebook and Twitter, Facebook page and Twitter mentions and all that good stuff. But first and foremost, Purple Mafia is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. I thank each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to this show. It is a great pleasure to me, and I hope it's somewhat of a pleasure to you, especially this season being as difficult as it was. I mean, I hope you enjoyed it a little bit, the the show. Of course, we're going to keep... Ah, excuse me for the noise there. But of course, we're going to continue to... Continue to uh, publish these shows, continue to record them and all that stuff during the postseason. And, yeah, after the Super Bowl, we will have a State of the Vikings, like every year. It'll be called State of the Vikings 2012. Every year after the Super Bowl and before free agency and all that stuff, State of the Vikings, you know, the big show, kind of the most viable player and all that stuff, the... uh, biggest uh, disappointment, most improved, all that, so that'll come up later on, but I'm going to kind of put a bow on the current season during this show. Uh, Not going to be so much of a game review of the game today, I'll get to a few details here and there during the game and and last week's game, uh, because yeah, I didn't do a show last week and I do apologize for that, just again, one one of those deals where just kind of busy, a lot going on, holiday weekend, and just too much going on, of course I watched the game, but... And I was going to record, but then it just got busier and busier and busier. So I do apologize for those of you out there that would like to would have liked to hear the show. And I do appreciate those of you that would like to hear the show. Without you, there's no Purple Mafia. I wouldn't be here in 2012 talking about episode number 106. I would be uh, talking about the shows I used to do or never made. <laughs> so to get to the point, in general, the Vikings, of course, did lose today and... I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad. And it's not because I'm a jerk that wants the team to lose. It's because I wanted a top three pick and the opportunity to land Matt Khalil, which would be a good thing for this franchise, in my humble opinion. 
I don't want Barkley. I don't want, uh, well, I would have taken Andrew Luck if given the opportunity, but just because. But at the same time, he got two quarterbacks right now, both of which that uh, probably deserve to play in the NFL. Of course, uh, and yeah, they do. They deserve to get playing time. Do they deserve to be called a franchise quarterback? Not yet. Uh, no, especially yeah. Joe Webb is definitely does not deserve to be a franchise quarterback at this point in time. Too inconsistent, too inaccurate, and of course Christian Ponder. No, he doesn't look like a franchise quarterback yet. But the opportunity, uh, the uh, overall skill set in college and coming into the NFL would say that he has an opportunity to become that. So that's the point there between those two. We'll talk more about the quarterbacks and stuff as we kind of get. Later, more and more, probably just kind of bent back and forth during the show, conversation during the game, game review and such, with the Chicago Bears. Some like pre, uh, you know, some pre-draft conversation, being that we're going to have the third pick. Yeah, yeah, the third pick, and uh, of course the glaring, ever glaring need for an offensive line for this football team. I mean, there's just no doubt about it. This team needs an offensive line, like they need to breathe, they need all that. So I'll just shut up, and we'll get to the uh, we'll get to the Facebook group first this time, Facebook page first this time, Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show, Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. But really quick before that, we do have a voicemail. Uh, we do have a phone line with that is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. The number is 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. As I said, it is a voicemail. Do treat it as such, meaning... Mention which show you're calling in for, which is Purple Mafia, and statement, shout-out, question, comment, whatever, would be terrific. Um, no call-ins that I know of as of yet, but I, hey, you know, obviously call in whenever. I'm going to continue to cover during the postseason. We'll continue to talk Vikings football. I'll, of course, be covering the postseason as well on this show, but there'll, be, there'll always be Viking news to talk about. I'm sure somebody's going to get fired, and maybe lots of somebody's will get fired and people will get cut and traded and stuff like that. Um, it's going to be interesting. Forgive the um there. But uh, it's, <laughs> yeah, so I say, ah, uh, that's an improvement. Right. No, the idea is to continue calling in, talking Vikings, and I'll gladly comment on what you have to say. I'll gladly conversate with you. be also terrific. So, again, calling to that number would be terrific. So, yeah, the Facebook uh, page, let's get to it. Tony Coleman, uh, I'm going to try to keep up with uh, how far we were. Uh, I'll read what Tony had to say. This is going back to December 19th because of the two shows, so bear with me here. I do apologize for not having a show last week. There weren't too many posts, so it won't be too long, but, you know, it's great to have you guys commenting on here. It kind of keeps the show going. Keeps me with things to talk about, things to, hey, hear what you fans want to say. Because it's about your fans out there, Viking fans and listeners to the show. So, again, Tony Coleman, he says, I don't really have to say much on subject of the game versus New Orleans. So that's actually going back too far, but I'll finish it. It started well again and just descended into utter humiliation. <laughs> what more is there to say? I'm looking ahead, hopeful for next year, and that's about all I can say as well. So he pretty much sums it up about for the whole season. Just looking forward to next year. <laughs> That's about it, huh? It's not only getting a good pick in the draft, a good position to draft, it's taking the right guy. And unless unless they find something on you know Matt Khalil that doesn't work, that's who I want. 
And if there's something about Matt Khalil that says he's not going to be as successful as this guy, whoever this guy is, then take this guy. You know, I just hope they make the right pick. You can't fail here. You just cannot fail in the 2010 draft. You just cannot. And, you know, they're kind of, Minnesota Vikings are kind of taking Minnesota Wild Syndrome here. And see how it's just, I get a little post, one little post, and I can talk. So that's what's so great about you guys, including yourselves at the show. It makes it, it makes it more fun to do a show. But no, as I was saying, they kind of have Minnesota Wild Syndrome sometimes. Like, they might hit on the first or second round pick, and after that, it's almost like, forget about it. Except for Everson Griffin. We'll talk about that guy when we get to the Twitter interactions, now that they call them interactions. You know, the Twitter mentions, interactions, whatever. Everson Griffin gets into the uh, conversation today. Very uh, encouraging um, progress by Everson Griffin this season, despite a dumb penalty during the game, but... Anyhow, we'll continue. Chris Tucker says he likes Ponder but loves Luck. Plus, Ponder trade for late first. Yep, so he's saying uh, trade Ponder plus a Ponder trade for a late first to early second equal Baron safety. Looks like there must have been some type of typo. So basically, he's saying basically try to get a a safety or a guard for Ponder. So, yeah, that would be nice. Yeah, it looks like there's some type of typo there. So, no problem, Chris. It's just a, it's a understandable. But, yeah, you want to try to get a safety, yes. A safety or some type of guard or tackle. Of course, I want the tackle early on. That'd be also terrific if you're going to get the first one. Chris Tucker, again, comments, suck for luck. And the Vikings were sucking for luck, and they were losing that Washington game. And, and, then, and then, well, Christian Potter got hurt. He had a concussion. And that's, again, very scary. I'll bring this up real quick. Boy, Christian Ponder already with a concussion in his rookie year. Mm-mm. That's not a good thing. No, that's really early to be getting concussions, folks. That's uh, <laughs> That sucks. That sucks because once you have one, I mean, <laughs> it's kind of like you put that red stamp on his head, you could say. You know, caution. That says caution. Yeah. So, off to Coleman. He says, what is with Longwell today? He was being blocked and missing field goals. He was struggling in Washington. But, just like last year, the Vikings won the road game in Washington. And much to my chagrin, right when, right when, it looked like there was a small chance to try to get Andrew Luck. We can't. Because, doggone it, you know, even though the Colts and the Rams were winning football games, well, we won too. So, it's like, oh, come on, man. Great, you know. (laughs) It's one of those things. Yep, it is just one of those things. Right when you think you have a chance to get the guy all year, it's like, oh, we're not going to get Andrew Luck. Indianapolis can't win anything. Like we're saying, Indianapolis can't win a single football game. They might go 0-16. They might they'll probably go 1-15. Well, they went to, they got their second win, and it's like, oh, my God, there's a chance. What if we go 2-14 and, and they go 2-14? and 14? There's a small chance. Maybe they'll get, or maybe they'll, you know, maybe they'll somehow win the last game of the season. And, and we'll wind up with Andrew Luck, and then we'll worry about the three quarterbacks. If somebody's for sure going to get traded out of that group, uh, we'd worry about the three quarterback uh, controversy or problem or whatever uh, later. You know, that's pretty much what it is. But going into next year, if it's not Andrew Luck, it's like, screw it, we don't want a quarterback. Now, let's just let those two guys compete and worry about it later. Yeah, I'm going to kind of say that off and on, up and down. Tony Coleman again comments about the game last week. He says, I'm kind of tired of people talking about how much better ponder is than Webb. 
They say he's a better quarterback. Webb just runs. Look at the end result. Webb scores points. He scores points. <laughs> in, in case these people didn't notice, the team with the most points wins. You can be an awesome passer, but if you're not scoring, it's not worth much outside of statistics. Webb comes in, and all of a sudden, it's an actual contest. Say what you want about Joe Webb, but he should be getting more playing time. And, and yeah, that's a good point by uh, Tony Coleman. For some reason, I didn't even click like on that, and that's a pretty strong statement, so it's like, i got to click like on that, and I just did right here on air. So um, that's exactly a point that I was going to get to on last week's show, if, I, if there was a last week's show, if 106 was going to be last week, um, the show that never happened. Yeah, you get the point. Yeah, Joe Webb, you know, I have not jumped on his bandwagon the past two years. I've not bought into the whole Joe Webb hype. But, 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 <laughs> he wins games. He wins games. He's, he's unorthodox. See, this is the point right here where I'm going to get to right here. That's why I love doing this, because then I can get to a point in a more organized fashion. Um, yeah, he's unorthodox. The way he, the way he plays is a little bit crazy. Um, his passing can be look really good and look really bad, and within minutes of each other, you know, his passes, but he wins football games. End of story. Uh, Joe Webb has been a bigger winner on this team by far. He's been the biggest winner on this team the past two years, period. He actually looked more of a winner than Brett Favre did last year because Favre was so horrendous outside of that Arizona game, and uh, he was okay in the Washington game. He was kind of like a McNabb, really. <laughs> McNabb was just so weak and... and, uh, and and not aggressive that we were able to beat them in Washington. But no, Joe Webb is extremely aggressive. He's going to make mistakes and uh, at times. He's going to make ugly passes. And sometimes he just flat runs too much and kind of gets kind of crazy. But at the same time, hey, he wins football games and Tony Coleman makes a great point right there. There's no doubt about it. Very strong point. Very strong argument. And that's pretty much all there is to it. The guy does win football games and he does deserve a legitimate shot to start a quarterback next season against Christian Ponder coming in to the preseason. And there I said it. There you go. There you go. So I'm more on the bandwagon now than I've ever been regarding Joe Webb just for the simple fact that he does win football games. And I was going to say that last week, and I didn't get a chance to. And Tony Coleman's comment is it's a Christmas miracle. And yes, the Vikings won a road game in Washington, D.C. And ladies and gentlemen, I'll say this right now. The Vikings won more road games this year. And, uh, <laughs> are you ready, folks? Yeah. Do you see what I'm trying to get to here? Are you ready? They have fun won more uh, road games than home games this season. Oh, my God! <laughs> now, isn't that weird? With a team that's that awful, that bad of a record, that bad of a season, yeah, we're a better road team than home team in terms of losses this year. Now, the, <laughs> the overall, uh, score differential in such a uh, in, in, in such situations may be a little bit uh, may tell a different story, but hey, the wins and losses, the Vikings have two wins on the road and one win at home kind of weird kind of weird, huh? Dan Taylor, Dan Taylor on December the 24th, Christmas Eve, again I hope all of you had a great Christmas and uh, holidays if you don't celebrate Christmas but, yeah, I hope you did have a great Christmas out there. You know, I didn't even get to talk about it on the last show, which sucks. 
and Happy New Year. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Dan Taylor says, well, we won the game. The season is no longer the worst in Vikings history. It's only tied for it. We lose out on draft position. Ugh. Looking like number three overall. And Ponder and AP, it looks like nothing was torn for AP. <laughs> yeah, that's another topic. Yeah, uh-huh. It's almost like I'm... <laughs> and yeah, I was going to get to it, but it's almost like I was blanking about it there. I wasn't even going to talk about it yet, but... You know, again, there you go. All negatives aside, though, I'm just happy to see us win. It's been far too long. Coleman responds with its sad irony with respect to the draft that when we win, we lose. Exactly. When we win, we lose. Because uh, you're not going to get the number one overall pick, and there's still a small possibility that with the number two pick, the St. Louis Rams take Matt Khalil. And that would really suck. <laughs> That would really suck, because then what do you do? We're not taking Barkley unless we're just crazy and stupid. Or, you know, because then all you do is lower the trade value of the other two guys. Like, you want to trade one of them, you're going to lower the trade value, because it's like, well, they're going to cut, they're going to trade one of them, so we'll just sit and wait and let them, uh, you know, cheapen the, cheapen the price. That's exactly what would happen, too. Dan Taylor responds with, scrap what I said. They're calling it an ACL tear. Expect him on the pup list next season. Of course, physically unable to perform list. Yep, that is correct. Dan Taylor knows his terminology in the National Football League. Got it like that about Dan Taylor and others on here. Very, very cool. But no, it's uh, it's exactly what it is. Before I get to Adrian, I'll, let, I'll get to the Cedric thing here too. He says, anyone know what's the word on AP? And it's yeah, torn ACL and MCL, ladies and gentlemen. A very long recovery of eight to nine months. No promise he'll ever be the same. Cedric Paulding responds with, Dang, that sucks. Appreciate the update and feedback. And it's like, well, it's like, I'm sorry to, you know, you're welcome. I'm sorry to bring bad news. But those bad things, it's one of those bad things that can happen. And that's how football is. People get torn ACLs, torn Achilles, just a lot of crappy stuff. Uh, Sebastian, I'll get to this first. Okay, Joey, you got to make a show called Ring in the New Year in a New Stadium. And yeah, that'll that'll be the state of the Vikings show. Yeah, that'll be the state of the Vikings show when it comes to Sebastian and me and him get into a very, very, very long conversation that night. That was kind of cool on December the 28th. You guys can read it if you like. That's kind of just me and, you know, it's me and him talking back and forth about the Vikings and other topics. So do check it out. If I read all those comments, the show will be too long and you guys will get annoyed with me. So do check it out on there if you're curious. <laughs> if if not, well, that's your choice. But, yeah, Adrian Peterson, folks. This was the other topic I was going to get to. It's like you, you pull out the list here of running backs with torn ACLs and stuff, and it's it's not good. It's just, it's not good. Yeah, it's not. Uh, some guys, they come back, and they're okay, and they're ready to go. Edrin James, I believe, had a torn ACL, if I can remember correctly, and he wasn't quite the same. He was okay. Uh, you have Wes Welker, who was a wide receiver, and he had a torn ACL last season. Look at him this year. All-time record for the Patriots in receiving yards, 1,500-plus, so you got that. But the big one, and the guy who I think is the most similar to Adrian Peterson in a lot of ways, a power running back, just dominant. In fact, I think the guy was the best running back I've ever seen. I didn't really see Walter Payton. I, you could say I'm old enough, but I didn't start watching football until 92 and yes, this was my 20th, 20th season watching the Vikings already, which concluded today. So I'm now a 20-year veteran 
as a Viking fan. Mm-hmm. Yep. Give me a little hand there. Come on, guys. Give me a little hand for that. 20 full seasons as a Viking fan. But, um... Mm -mm -mm. It's, uh... To get to the point again, Terrell Davis. Just remember how good Terrell Davis was. That's the guy I was going to get through. Denver Broncos, mid to late 90s. Do you remember how good Terrell Davis was? He was so unbelievable, so unstoppable, so amazing. As I said, the best running back I've ever seen. Ever. I've, I've never seen a better running back than Terrell Davis. He was just unstoppable. The only other guy I could even compare with him is Marshall Falk because of how complete that guy was, how superior talent he had. It was just unbelievable, Marshall Falk. And Emmett Smith, of course, overall, just superstar running back. But, yeah. Um, torn ACL for Terrell Davis in 99. Not even close. Not. E I mean, he was. He was barely. Uh, he was barely a, a Lorenzo Booker. In fact, I mean, saying Lorenzo Booker is probably wrong because how quick Lorenzo Booker is. The guy just isn't capable of holding onto the football. So, <laughs> the fact that Lorenzo Booker can't hang onto the football is why he just he's not anything in the NFL. He has the skill set with his feet, the quickness of his feet and and legs and all that, and and his shiftiness. He could probably be a starting running back in the NFL. He's he's that talented, but he can't hang on to the ball, so he's at best a third-string guy that you don't play because of that. That sucks. So fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Um, again, as I'm bouncing around way too much, Terrell Davis was not even close to the same. He was a third-string guy pretty much after that, and then he just quickly retired after about two mediocre seasons in the NFL, and it was so sad. So sad to see. So to see Adrian Peterson's situation here, torn ACL and MCL. You know, Dante Culpepper you can add to the list, of course. He had a torn ACL and MCL. I believe there was the meniscus as well. Oh, it was either the meniscus or the PCL. It might have been the meniscus. Like, his knee was basically almost ripped in half. I mean, that was disgusting what happened to the poor guy, uh, Dante Culpepper. Regardless of what you think of him as a quarterback taken down from behind, kind of like head into the helmet type thing, and kind of similar what happened to Adrian. It was more on the side, but kind of a... Those low tackles, man, I mean, they're just disappointing. Um, a lot of people couldn't tell you that Adrian Peterson should probably not have been in the game. You know, he wanted to. He desperately wanted to play, just because that's just how he is. But he already had a bad ankle. He wasn't cutting like he normally would because of it. And you could argue... You know, Dan Cole, the common man, did bring this up during his one of his shows. I don't always listen to him. I just happened to catch this part of it. But he was saying how it's like, hey, he was talking about this as well, and I kind of agree, is how, you know, the cuts. Not being able to really cut as much, Adrian's ability to brace himself for, for hits and such like that and to turn away from hits and all that, not the same. And it could have contributed to... Adrian's vulnerability there. Maybe, maybe not. Um, playing in a meaningless game like that, <laughs> when you're maybe trying to suck for luck a little bit, or at least trying to, you know, suck enough to get Khalil or somebody like that. But uh, a very just sad, tough situation here for the Vikings because, you know, we're so we're struggling so much with a bad offensive line, a historically bad uh, safety situation. But there were two positions that are so, you know, the wide receiver position you'd like to improve. The linebackers. I mean, you'd like to improve anything pretty much. 
except for you figure we're set at the quarterback and the running back position, right? Because Christian Ponder is looked on as the quarterback of the future with a 12th overall pick. And maybe it's Joe Webb instead, if Joe Webb outplays him and beats him out. So quarterback position is fine for the time being. Running back position, you have the best guy in the game. And then you have a guy who uh, me and many other people doubted, saw as a, as a very big disappointment with the upper second-round pick in uh, Toby Gerhardt, who's becoming more than capable running back, who could even be a starter in this league. He, said he certainly can fill in as a fill-in. He can spot start, so to speak, and perform very, very well. So you figure quarterback and running back are are in good hands for the time being, right? Well, <laughs> well, I, can we say the same thing today that we could two, three weeks ago? No, no, we can't. Um, they're going to have to be okay at this point, though. I mean, the Vikings are not going to be taking a running back in the first probably three rounds, unless maybe the third round, it's like, why not, you know? Maybe the third round, but the first and second round, there is no chance. That that would be one of the dumbest moves ever, because uh, unless there's absolutely nothing available at multiple multiple positions. <coughs> Excuse me, the offensive line, which I think you need to fill multiple holes there. Left tackles, the, the top, the cream of the crop at that position, but a new guard, a new, uh, another tackle, maybe you don't want to Put it. Put any stock and fill old hold. Um, maybe Demarcus Love does emerge. Maybe not. Uh, Chris Jaguar they didn't keep, but you get the idea. There's so many holes. So many holes. Wide receiver, obviously secondary. You could all four of those secondary spots, the starting spots, should be up for grabs going into next season. Absolutely. I mean, you should be able to draft anybody at any four of those positions, either safety or either cornerback spot. Um, no feelings whatsoever going into that. You have to fill all those positions and prove them as best you can. Wide receiver, tackle, uh, guard, <laughs> of course, as I said, safety and cornerback. Even even taking a linebacker as high as the second round wouldn't kill me. It, it really wouldn't. It really wouldn't. I don't think the linebacker core is, is uh, impressing anybody. E.J. Henderson took a step back. Um, Aaron Henderson is I, I, I don't know what Aaron Henderson is. He's okay. He's okay. Chad Greenway is good, but he's not that good. He's not. He's not a franchise linebacker, and he never will be. End of story. End of sermon. So Sebastian Balls comes back with, he says, okay, so Ponder's starting this week. I like the guy. I met him in person and all, but he has got to get his accuracy under control. Ridiculous. Thoughts? And uh, I respond with, well, yeah, his accuracy was bad. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking he reminds me of Rex Grossman. He does a little bit. <laughs> Dead serious. Webb is not, yeah, as I was saying earlier, not orthodox, but he wins games. And he's as accurate, he's as athletic a quarterback as I've ever seen, pretty much. It's it's intense. It's really, really intense. And But it's like I come to the same painful and frustrating conclusion as I did last season, folks. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I'm not convinced that the quarterback of the future was wearing purple in 2012. Excuse me, 2010, uh, 11, 10, 2011, whatever. As of yet, it, it could happen. Uh, I lean ponder just because I think his skill set more fits starting quarterback long term than Joe Webb. Joe Webb kind of, in a lot of ways, fits his role perfectly 
as a backup. He's kind of that microwave off the bench here. You, you need a spark because Ponder's struggling, or maybe Ponder's hurt, and you need that spark to come in and, and take care of business, and then he's more than capable of doing it. I mean, I, I don't want to say Webb's ceiling isn't very high, but I don't know as a quarterback. See, as an athlete, his ceiling, who, who knows what his ceiling is? It could be... It could be it, it could be up in heaven somewhere practically, as an athlete. But as a quarterback, I'm not sure. Christian Ponder ceiling, I'm not sure either. But I gotta think that as a overall quarterback, quarterback gamesmanship and everything, I think Ponder's is a little bit higher at this point in time. But again, for the gajillionth time, Joe Webb wins games, and as of right now, Christian Ponder has not done that. He just hasn't. So it's like back and forth, back and forth. What do you expect? Right, folks? What what can I say? Right? And that's how it's going to be. Sebastian, again, comes up with a comment saying Joey! <laughs> I like how he does that. Joey, I agree with you when you say the only reason Frazier will still be around next year is because we can't afford three coaches. So true, Joey. So true. It's like, yeah, it's one of those deals. We can't, we, we can't, because we're still paying Childress, and Frazier would still be under contract, so it's like, crap, we, we can't. <laughs> I don't think the Vikings are going to be doing that. I, I just don't. You never know with this, uh, with, the, with this ownership group, you never know. They're pretty spendy, but who knows? Sebastian responds with, well, regarding Frazier here, he says, he is a good coach, just we need new defense. They suck. They suck mega bad in Madden, too. This is awful. Children of the poor could go out there and play better. That's funny. <laughs> Again, he says, have you ever seen Waterboy? When the Waterboy goes in to try to get a Waterboy job for the Mud Dogs, and the coach is looking over defense game film. Or he's looking over defense game film. That's Frazier for us. O breaks one tackle and another and another and another and jukes O fumbles at the same fumbles it at the five and scores a touchdown before anyone on the defense knows what's going on. So okay, I see what he says. Yep. Yeah, the offense. The offense breaks one tackle, another, another, another fumbles and scores a touchdown. Yep, it's it's Mm-hmm. The other team's offense that is, other just going right through everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what's that would be uh Frazier watching the film and going like, Wow, this is unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Dan Taylor comes back with I'm with Corey and Superstar on KFAN, that being Corey Cove and Mike Morris on KFAN about Frazier as a good coach or not. We don't have the talent on the roster, and even dropping a Gruden or Belichick wouldn't make much difference. Let's give him his second draft and offseason, and then see what he does. So, strong point, Dan Taylor, right there. Mm-hmm. It's it's one of those things, you know. Both of them, yeah, you you know, both of them uh, uh, agree there. You can tell it's not probably as much Frazier as it is the lack of talent on the roster right now. Do I really think Frazier is a good coach? I can't say that. I I can't say that. I think he has better people skills than Brad Childress. Does he have better football skills? Well, probably, but at the, <laughs> you know, but that's not saying much. That's not saying much. But at the same time, yeah, the, the lack of talent on this roster is about as <laughs> as bad as it gets. 
So then basically I say Happy New Year to everybody. People click like, and I appreciate that. Brent Jacobson responds with, Am I a bad fan if I want us to lose this week? Anthony Batista, that being Anthony from L.A., says, Not much can happen unless the Colts win. Jacobson responds with, I doubt we can get number one, but the closer to there we can get, the better. Yeah, and while well, we wound up with number three, and that's a good thing. Wow, that's really a nice comment he said. Wow. Okay, I'll get back to that in a little bit. From uh, Or actually, I'll read it now because it's early. I'll read it now, yeah, because it's before the game. When it gets into the game, then I can kind of merge the two. There's only a couple left. Strong thing that Sebastian said, though, right there. He says, Joey, you are the best podcast host I've ever listened to. I could listen to your show and know exactly what you mean about our bikes if I didn't watch the game, which is almost every week after week six. Happy New Year from your listeners and I, Sebastian Balls. Purple Mafia is the best Viking podcast out there by far. Can't wait to hear your next show. And that, that is a really, really nice thing he said there. You know, actually, Sebastian tried to message me right as I uh, popped onto the show. So, and I closed the, and I apologize, Sebastian. I closed the uh, thing because I was trying to, because I was recording. And I didn't read what he had said yet. Because I believe it was Sebastian. So I do apologize for that. I I figured I'd get right back to you in a minute here, but um, just that this is an apology apology to you. Just so you know, this is an apology to you, <laughs> right here on air. So a shout out to you, Sebastian, and that is uh, an outstanding comment right there. And Sebastian Balls, you know what, Sebastian, you get the gold star for this week, starting out in 2012. That's right. Gold star for Sebastian Balls for what he said there. That was uh, that was about as that's as nice as it gets. Yep, and I do appreciate that. He's been as loyal as they get, and those of you out there are very loyal as well. But I just want to say, it's a, <laughs> it's definitely Sebastian's turn to get the gold star, and more more than deserving. That was a very uh, kind comment there, and I do appreciate it very much. So with that said. Get to Tony Coleman. Uh, okay, he says, Jared Allen, boom, attaboy. So, yep, Jared Allen had a hell of a game today, and that's for darn sure. We'll get to the interactions here in a second. Yeah, I do apologize. I didn't even, I didn't check the uh, Purple Mafia page, Sebastian, uh, the past few, the past uh, day or so. So I apologize that I didn't respond sooner. Not trying to blow you off. I am not trying to blow you off. So I had to mention that real quick. So, Ian, I'm not going to get too into detail with the game. In fact, I got into some detail across the way here. Um, oh, and by the way, is it at the end of the game, I'll mention this real quick anyway. Yeah, uh, Toby Gerhardt, folks. Toby Gerhardt, torn MCL. Yeah, that's right. Toby Gerhardt now has a torn MCL. Oh, come on! <laughs> it's like, can you believe it? It's just uh, it's just not fair, is it? So not only are you not completely set at the running back position as much as you thought, you're not you're not set at the running back position because of what happened to uh, Adrian Peterson. But now Toby Gerhardt is a torn MCL. Uh, it's obviously not nearly as serious as Adrian Peterson's, but just mentioning that's wear and tear on the body, running backs. And injuries don't go together very well, folks. Oh, no, they don't. 
So that's unfortunate. Yes, it is. So now to the Twitter account. Purple Mafia Show, or excuse me, yeah, that's cute. Twitter.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Twitter.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. There you go. Good times indeed, huh? Thank you, those of you out there that like to uh, follow and or respond to that. Do give that a, a follow if you could, by the way. Lots of interaction during the week, but not really so much uh, Vikings in general. A lot of new followers. I do appreciate that also very much. Very, very nice of you guys to do that. I appreciate that indeed. You know, kind of sending out little lists and all that stuff. Uh, Brian Svedson. Yeah, Brian Svedson. So very cool. He's a new. He's actually a new follower, and we kind of talked about uh, getting Matt Khalil today. Uh, a teeny tiny bit. He had a uh, picture. His picture actually was like a, one of those deals where you can kind of make up, uh, I don't know if it's Photoshop or you go to the webpage and it's a create your own jersey and it does like a, a graphic where it actually will show the name and the number on it. He did a Matt Khalil number 74 jersey and for that he gets a, a clap. And I said, that's who I want. That's who I want. Without a doubt, that's the perfect, uh, perfect graphic for this team right now. He says, that's all I asked Santa for this year. There you go. I hope it happens. And then me and uh, Craig, Purple Love, Purple Love 021, says, uh, hey, that number 97 will show us huge dividends in the next few years. He will be the starting defensive end or right side linebacker next season. And, yeah, that of course, number 97 is Everson Griffin, and his his improvement has been very, very evident during this uh, during this season. Everson Griffin has improved, and maybe if you see Brian Robinson is more of kind of that, like what he was before, kind of the energy coming in to fill in at times, fill in for guys and come in and get a quick sack or quick rush, and uh, Brian Robinson fills that role very nicely. Maybe he's not a full-time starter, is Brian Robinson, uh, especially, I mean, also because sometimes his over-aggressiveness can create penalties, and that can be frustrating. Maybe, yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe Everson Griffin will be the starter later on, we also get into a little bit of mystical Raymond, that being number 14. I talked to him about it. I asked him, what, what do you think of him? He says, I actually like number 41 at safety. Very athletic and can run. But, yeah, he got burned pretty bad. We'll get back to that in a sec. Um, the, the red zone performance, yeah, there were multiple people out there talking about how, well, when the Vikings are in the red zone, they're good for three. <laughs> and that's... That's what kind of year it's been, folks. And that's the way it was last year, too. Like, we're in the red zone, so we're going to get a field goal because we're not going to get in the end zone or anything. We just we stink at getting in, we stink at our red zone offense. And Vikes uh, Princess, that being Lisa, says, I agree, our, our red zone performance is less than inspiring unless Webb is on the field. And that's kind of been the story. Joe Webb has been kind of a hero for this team. In terms of at least getting the, getting the ball in the end zone, you know, one way or another, be it pretty or ugly, the the ball goes forward. We the offense actually moves forward. We move the chains, and that's kind of the object of the game. And Joe Webb, despite the fact he's a bit crazy and a bit out of control at times, well, he, he kind of tends to do it a little bit better than Christian Ponder so far. So again, I can't say that Joe Webb does not deserve a all the opportunity in the world to compete for the starting job next summer. Yep, next summer. Joe Webb deserves an all-out battle with uh, Christian Ponder next summer.
for the starting job. End of story. End of sermon. Craig comes back with, well, number 41 did not look good on that play. And, yeah, he got burned. He got absolutely, he, he got pretty much walked past <laughs> by Roy Williams. That's right, Roy frickin' Williams walked past Bristol Raymond like he wasn't even there. Terrible. So that's the thing with Mr. Raymond. He has athletic ability, but can he cover guys? Not yet. Not yet. Uh, is he another Asher Allen? Yeah, maybe. Because <laughs> that's all Asher Allen has been. It's like, yeah, he's talented, but he got beat. He's talented, but he got beat. And he got beat. And he got beat. It's just like, come on, man. Oh, he made a good play. Oh, but he got beat. You know, it's just like, come on, man. I'm actually really surprised Asher Allen didn't get cut uh, coming into this year, but... Well, it's kind of a good thing he didn't, I guess, because everybody got hurt and cut, and yeah, guys like, uh, well, no, nobody got cut. Everybody got either hurt or they were so bad they got benched, like Cedric Griffin, because he's terrible, um, and his attitude is even more than terrible. And yeah, I understand he's injured and everything, but his attitude is worse than his physical condition. I'm sorry, it is. <laughs> Interesting. I didn't get to this response by Dan Taylor. I didn't actually get to it when I was tweeting earlier today. He says that uh, he's not sure a left tackle helps him much when he rolls off to the right. Well, that's why we got to take uh, guys on the right, like a right guard. That's what Steve Hutchinson's position was. And, well, excuse me, no, Steve Hutchinson was the left guard. Yeah, he was. Well, right guard's not looking good either. I mean, <laughs> that's why we got to hit, hit well on several draft positions we got to get a right guard, too. Right guard and, well, maybe the, the right tackle, that being Phil Oldholt, either needs to stay, shape up or, or ship out, you know. Crap or get off the pot, uh, Oldholt. You know, he's not, he's just, yeah, the whole offensive line sucks. So, <laughs> but no, the, I mean, it all starts with the left tackle. He's the biggest, biggest, it's the most important position, and it's the, the worst probably the worst offensive lineman currently on the roster starting is Charles Johnson. End of story there. So that's why I bring it up, Dan. And no, it doesn't help when he rolls right the quarterback that is being pondered. But that's why we got to fill the other side as well. You know, that's, that's basically how my stance is on that. Vice Princess says, I want Webb on the field to get Frazier to pull his head out of his ass. The reason why she responded to me with that was because I was like, no, I don't want him to put Webb in, and then we have another meaningless win in a garbage game. because It, it doesn't mean anything, and then it hurts our draft position. And then we wind up having to settle for some other guy you know, that might not fill an immediate need. It's nice when you can take the best player available that also fills probably the most immediate need on the roster, that being Matt Khalil, Matt Khalil, Matt Khalil, Matt Khalil, Matt Khalil. Yeah. <laughs> Um, KK was saying basically people need to stop hating on Ponder, you know, and she's sad that he was hurt, basically, hurt his hip, hip pointer. That guy has really been feeling the injury bug, and uh, that's why I'm saying we need an offensive lineman to protect the guy. I told her that, yeah, I like, you know, I, I still have the love for Ponder, but we need that offensive lineman to protect him. It's like I love him so much, I want to protect him with a better offensive line. And uh, that's why a loss today doesn't hurt me as much as it might hurt the draft position of the team. Yeah. Viking David says this about the chance of getting Matt Khalil. When I thought we weren't going to get him. <laughs> He's saying, we blew that last week. 
Uh, maybe. It, 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 it all depends on St. Louis Viking David. You know, that's what his uh, Twitter account is. He goes with Dave with his name, but Viking David is his Twitter account. It all depends on St. Louis. I mean, they took long a couple years ago. Do they want to take another big-time tackle? I hope not. They can't. They have no reason to take Barkley because they have uh, Sam Bradford. So, again, it all depends on St. Louis, and I hope St. Louis doesn't do it. If they're smart, I mean, if they really want to do everything they can at that line and have two bookend tackles, well, then there you go. I mean, I guess if I was St. Louis, I probably would do it. <laughs> I probably would. So I just hope St. Louis's thought process is a little different and maybe they like some uh, defensive player. I don't know. I don't know. Vikings Realist responds to something I said earlier or mentioned me earlier. He's saying that I, he's a, he agrees and I, uh, that uh, he also needs to show he can make all the shows consistently, that being uh, Joe Webb. Ponder is much further away than him, though. Basically saying how I... Uh, I was saying until Joe Webb wins meaningful games, I can't anoint him as some kind of star quarterback. I didn't anoint Ponder either. So basically, uh, Vikey Realist is saying Ponder is further away, further even further away than Webb. And you could say that because we're not winning games. So I can see where you're coming from, Viking Realist there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the inconsistency of Joe Webb that's uh, holding him back at this point. Uh, when I said we can still get Matt Khalil, Viking David responds with possible but doubtful. Um, well, well, we'll see. Dan Taylor wants... Uh, yeah, Dan Taylor was talking about uh, Toby Gerhardt when I was saying basically he is a legit uh, legit running back in this league. Taylor responds with, we'll need him early next year with AP out early, so yeah. <laughs> That's because, yeah, I mean, you know, with AP, who, who knows how long he'll be out, and unfortunately Gerhardt, well, Gerhardt will be healed by then, so that still applies. I'm not too worried about that. I think Gerhardt will be back and ready to go. You just hope it's not going to slow him down permanently somehow. It's really crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's like this team needs coaches, coach, coaching improvements all over the place because of all the dumb penalties by the Vikings all season. Lisa responds with, that is no lie. Yeah, to that thought. She agrees with that. People were retweeting me saying how we need a left tackle after seeing the quarter actually nailed constantly. Dan Taylor says, Webb is running around a lot and risking his health for a little gain. And yeah, you know, Webb could get hurt the way he scampers around way too much sometimes. I think he does. <laughs> Dylan Richardson says, now I see a new running back in the draft for the Vikings. It could happen, but probably not before the fourth round, Dylan. And um, that's just, I'm guessing that, because I, I think it's still a position of strength of this roster, despite the fact that there are some uh, ligament tears in those knees for both running backs now, and that's getting kind of ridiculous, isn't it? You can't, uh, Booker is talented again, but as I said earlier, but can't hang on to the football. So that's kind of a moot point right there. If you can't out of the football, you're not going to play running back consistently in, in the National Football League. That's just the end of the story there. So nothing <laughs> we could do there. The Vikings do lose the football game. Yes, they did after a Joe Webb interception when it looked like he was you know, trying to get the Vikings down and he, with one minute left. Dan Taylor says, well, we, we'll keep hold of that third pick at least, which again could be, could and should be Matt Khalil, we hope. 
we'll see what happens there. And Dan Taylor asks, to conclude the tweets, he says, are you doing the game review and season review separately or in the same episode? Um, it's, you know, they're in the same episode here. I'm going to kind of do a little season review and then more of a State of the Vikings later where it'll be more of a in, you know, it'll be kind of more of an in-depth kind of bow on the season type of deal and, and address the current team affairs, the free agency and stadium news and all that. That'll be on the State of the Vikings 2012. I used to call it State of the Vikings Address, like about three about three years ago I did one of those called that, or two years ago, now I just do it by the year, but um, yeah. So yeah, we'll review the season a bit still, but there'll be more of a full-blown review later on. Uh, yeah, Jared Allen, yeah, I didn't even really get into this, Jared Allen getting lots of uh, sacks today, yep, three and a half, finishes the season with 22, Chris Dolman, very classy, was at the game today, of course, clapping, you could see he was there with his wife cheering on Jared Allen the whole way. Very, very cool as Jared Allen did beat Chris Dolman. And it just shows how great uh, Chris Dolman was and how strong a history the Vikings have at the defensive line. I mean, that's why they were called the Purple People Eaters. Chris Dolman, of course, not, you know, obviously uh, years after the Purple People Eater era. I mean, think about that. He had the NFL sack record until uh, Michael Strahan beat it, thanks to Brett Favre basically kneeling on the ground for him. <laughs> which the Bears would not do for Jared Allen today, that's for sure. And not until he got, I mean, at least not until he got three and a half sacks, yeah, they wouldn't do it. They wouldn't kneel for him. Or, yeah, they kneeled, they did kneel for him until he got three and a half, excuse me. But, um, 22 sacks in the year for Jared Allen, that is, uh, that's phenomenal stuff. Phenomenal. 22 sacks for Jared Allen. He will, he will, hmm, definitely be in the postseason conversation on State of the Vikings when it comes to uh, the little awards that I passed out, we'll say. He will be in the conversation. I'm not going to say if he's going to get an award yet, but he will definitely be in the conversation. That is for sure. In fact, he probably will get one, but I'll just leave that alone. <laughs> I'm just saying it. I'm spoiling it, aren't I? Yeah, he uh, had a hell of a year. There's no doubt about it. A beacon of light in, uh, in amongst all that darkness. Yes, sir. Brent Jacobson with a big uh, with a summing up things here. Very cool, actually, how he does this. Very cool. It's kind of a way to kind of review the year or kind of to get things going here. He says, "Well, we finished three and thirteen, and Jared was a half a sack shy of tying Strahan. Yes, he was. Here is my off-season strategy as of January first, twenty twelve. Position by position." Quarterback, look for a veteran clipboard holder. Tutor for Webb and Ponder. Uh, we may have that in Sage Rosenfels. That kind of all is a, a mixed opinion type thing. So, yeah, I mean, it, it depends on how, how you view Sage Rosenfels. Maybe there is another guy who fits the position better. But I wouldn't mind keeping Sage for that position. I wouldn't mind that at all. It didn't really help us get better, but then again, the morale of the team was already completely shot by the time Sage Rosenfeld arrived to this roster. So, it was already completely shot. It's like, whatever. Running back. Look for an insurance policy dynamic third string runner. Yeah, you could do that because it's not uh, Lorenzo Booker. Maybe you take a draft pick with the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round or you can find some veteran backup like Chester Taylor. Which, they wouldn't kill me. He doesn't have to go out there and be, a, be the third down back. He, he doesn't have to, but maybe he still can be at his older age. 
I would not mind doing that. <laughs> and Sebastian Balls knows how I feel about Chester Taylor, or at least felt about Chester Taylor, and he agreed with me. We're both big Chester Taylor fans. There is no no doubt about that. That is very, very cool stuff. Wide receiver. Wide receiver. First choice would be Vincent Jackson and draft a guy like Michael Floyd. Second choice. Well, there you go. Um, <laughs> really looking high end there. And uh, for, for Vincent Jackson, you know, that, that's kind of a name that's been brought up shucks, for a while now. Going into 2010, 2011, and now into 2012. Hmm. I, I don't know. I kind of don't think Vincent Jackson will ever play here, but it'd be nice. San Diego is right now. I don't think they're going anywhere. So Vincent Jackson, I wouldn't be surprised if he finally got out of that organization and moved on. I don't think, uh, I honestly think Norv Turner's done at this point. I think he's finally worn his welcome off for good there. Michael Floyd would be pretty cool. Depends on how high we're looking for Michael Floyd. I haven't done a ton of research on the draft just yet, so I'm not sure exactly how high we're looking for Michael Floyd here. Uh, obviously, I don't think you take a guy like that third overall, unless, yeah, I, I don't think I don't think that's what he means anyway. Uh, he says Michael Floyd, though, uh, Steve Steve Johnson, or Robert Meacham, and a draft pick. Meacham and a draft pick. Well, Steve Johnson, that's a good one if I remember correctly. Yeah, I mean that wouldn't be bad. So Vincent Jackson and draft a guy like Michael Floyd. I see what you're saying. Yep, Steve Johnson or Robert Meacham and a draft pick. So. Those aren't bad thoughts. They're not bad thoughts. I mean, the minimum they would fill the role nicely. Steve Johnson actually is a pretty good football player. I wouldn't mind that at all. Probably wouldn't be extremely expensive. Maybe a little bit. He says tight end, late round pick. And yeah, I, I think. Well, yeah. Uh, Jim Kleinsasser, another side note. Speaking of tight ends, it was kind of like a mixed, mixed. You could say a mixed bag of what uh, Jim Kleinsasser was. Was he a fullback or was he a tight end? He was kind of both. He was a uh, run-blocking tight end, basically, is what uh, Jim Kleinsauster was. He is, you know, I'm talking about him in past tense. A lot of you know why, some of you might not. Uh, Jim Kleinsauster did not, no, he did not play, unfortunately. Or, excuse me, he did play, but for the last time. Jim Kleinsauster at age 33 is hanging him up, and that's it. He never really had major injury issues, which is good, but maybe it's just one of those things where the ankles, the knees, the wrists... Too much wear and tear, too much blocking, all guts, no glory, and finally time to move on. And that's the end of it. He also probably noticed the team is a few years away from being competitive again. I mean, he had, he was in two NFC Championship games, and the heart was, well, one of them it was a disaster, and the other was a heartbreak. So, it's just, it's one of those things. Here we go again, back into the long, crappy rebuilding mode. We're bottoming out again for like the like how, how many times now it's really frustrating we bottomed out in 01 02 and then bottomed out in 06 and now we're bottoming out again in 2011 it's very frustrating to see that happen but no as mentioned the tight end position well yeah you're losing Klein's answer he's gone but he wasn't really a pass catching tight end uh, Shanko's a little bit older but valuable because uh, he's also a free agent do you bring him back not sure Kyle Rudolph absolutely can fill the void of being the full-time starting tight end. But, uh, yeah, probably like a late-round pick or some free agent. You know, there's going to be some nice... There's always free agent tight ends out there that I think can play. They're they're out there, you know, like Vasant Deshenko. He was kind of like a no-name pickup that ended up working out really good. 
He worked out really nicely, in fact. Mm-hmm. Yes, he did. So now we go to the offensive tackle. Find a left tackle. Full capital caps right there, and I agree with that. That's the number one. That is the number one hole on the roster, despite the fact that <laughs> there's a million other holes. The whole offensive line pretty much stinks, except for center, which is not a superstar, but he's good. Uh, guard, he says, find a couple of good young guards. And, yeah, we need to get improvements there. Anthony Herrera has had ACL injuries. You notice the pro, uh, the plural S at the end of that? That's not good. And I love Anthony Herrera. But he's he never was a star, and now he's extremely damaged, and we need to get help at the guard position. Speaking of extremely damaged, the other guard was a guy by the name of Steve Hutchinson. I'm ready to move on. I think he's uh, too banged up. He he hasn't been healthy since, since like, he hasn't been healthy practically since he got here in 06. I mean, he was healthy in 06, but by about 07, 08, it was pretty much been, he's hurt, he's hurt, he's hurt, he's hurt. But he's playing, but he's hurt. He's playing, but he's hurt. You know, we're getting about 70%, 60% of what he is. And I'm ready to move on. I'm done. He's too, and he's extremely expensive. So it's time to move on with Steve Hutchinson, as lame as that might sound. I think guys like Brian McKinney kind of wore him out, unfortunately. Phil Oldhold isn't much of a help either. He's just not. So it's like, screw it, let's move on when it comes to those guys. Uh, boy, this is cool, actually. This is really good that Brent put this up here. Uh, center, he says we're good. And, yeah, we're fine. And, we, of course, we signed the guy for five years, that being John Sullivan. He's, 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 a, he's a decent center. He's not a superstar, but he's decent. He says we're good. Defensive line or excuse me, defensive end solid. Yeah. Because you have Jared Allen, who's maybe the best defensive end in football. Uh, you have Brian Robinson, who can start and he can fill in. And you have another guy who might be the starter going into next year, according to some people, not being Everson Griffin. So you're very good at defensive end. Years ago, back in the late 90s, like 98 and stuff, we could have used some depth at the defensive end position because we had absolutely nobody there. And I mean nobody. Worthless defensive ends back in those days. No pass rush whatsoever. Um, boy, oh boy, could you imagine Jared Allen on the 98 Vikings? We would have been 16-0 and and Super Bowl champions, <laughs> I think. I think we would have been the first undefeated team. I do. Honest to God, I do. But no, you have a glut of wealth there. So at center and defensive end seem to be the, uh, the current roster. Uh, the defensive tackle, it would not be bad to get some help there. And he says, he says that as well. He says, find a wide-body run-stuffer, rusher to compliment Kevin William, maybe maybe Trevor Laws. Well, we'll see. He's a, um, we'll see. I would not mind a run-stopper. We do need help there. Latroy Guyon disappointed me. Latroy Guyon and Fred Evans. I, I thought we really had a glut of strength there with those two guys as fill-ins at the defensive tackle position. Uh, also, that a Doyle guy we got from... Uh, the Saints, forget about it. That's it. That's it. Gone. I mean, that guy is not not very good. He's not worth it. It's uh, it was nice. Thanks thanks a lot for screwing up Brett Favre's ankle. Now get now get out of here. You know, <laughs> get out of here. Yeah. He, no, I, he's not going to be. I don't think he'll be brought back, and I don't want him back. He's not any good. Latroy guy again, as I mentioned, disappointed me. I cannot. I, I was very displeased with the Troy guy in the season, and that's the first time I've said that since he got here in 08. I mean, Chuck's one of my very, very first shows. 
I did. In fact, it may have been my very, very first Purple Mafia show was on the 2008 draft. I forget if it was the first or second, but doggone it, man, I have been a fan of his since that day. It was either episode one or two. And here we are on episode 106, and I'm saying right now, right when it's the top guy's chance to possibly step up and take a starting role from, from somebody, because uh, uh, the other Williams, Fat Pat Williams, is no more on the is no more in the NFL, and the the guy does not seize the position. He just didn't, and it might be because he's too similar to Kevin Williams, but Kevin Williams missed four games, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, he did, and I don't think Kevin Williams is that great either anymore. I think he's, I think he's way way past. I, I think he's kind of over the hill already at a not that old age. He's, I don't. He doesn't strike me as a very competitive guy. But with that said, yeah, Latroy Guyon, I don't think he's a starter in the NFL. And doggone it, does that hurt saying that. It does, because I have followed that guy closely. I've watched him progress, and I'm disappointed. And it sucks. I don't know him personally. I've never met him, but I'm just saying it sucks to see that. It just does. Outside linebacker, find a good speed rusher. Maybe Manny, maybe Manny Lawson. Okay. You could, <laughs> we got to, you know, uh, the linebacker position, yeah, outside linebacker, it's, uh, yeah, it's not been good. No, outside linebacker, I'm not saying Aaron Henderson is bad, but uh, tackles were not made that should have been made. Chad Greenway, uh, also, he's no dominator, man. People get around him and he'll bring him down. He doesn't bring him down and, and stop him. He brings him down after they get around him. That's not good enough, man. You know, you might get 10 tackles in a game, but they're not necessarily quality tackles. You're just bringing him down after he passed you. That's not a quality tackle. Uh, that's probably a new, uh, that might be a new term, huh? Quality tackle. <laughs> cool. E.J. Henderson took serious steps back this season, and a lot of people will tell you that. I mean, I barely knew A.J. Henderson was still on the Vikings this year. In fact, I thought it was just some guy with the name Henderson. It wasn't the same guy. Very disappointing. Yep. Miss, we miss Ben Lieber more than we thought. I mean, you lose a veteran guy like that, it can kill you. It can. So those are the comments on the linebacker position. Uh, he's saying, if possible, keep A.J. Henderson. If not, maybe someone like Dan Connor. Yeah. The name to look up, guys. That's the name to look up. Do check that out. Cornerback. Well, he says I would love it if he could get either Morris Claiborne or Dre Kirkpatrick. Hmm. Morris Claiborne or Dre Kirkpatrick. What are you talking about, Dre? No, I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, right now, obviously, you look at that in the draft, and you look at it in free agency, free agency for more immediate need, of course. And uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think you do need to get free agents and draft picks at those positions. You can't draft positions. You I mean, yeah, you can't draft everybody in the draft. You you can't get everybody in the draft because there's just not enough picks. So yeah, I mean, you look at guys like that in free agency. It's more more than willing to do. Safety. It's like <laughs> find two solid safeties who can cover and tackle. Maybe convert Winfield to safety. Um, <laughs> it's possible, but the guy is not been healthy, and I don't know what more to think about Anton Winfield. I, I really don't know. I, I almost forgot about him because he's been out. He's been out pretty much the whole year, and that's too bad. That's a huge crying shame 
maybe he could be kind of a Bob Sanders type, that run-stopping, strong safety type, you know, who's, who's undersized a bit. But look, then again, Bob Sanders hurt a lot during his career. Absolutely. Winfield's old, though, folks. He's old. He's about, what, 35 now. 35. He's going to be turning 36 in 2012. So that's something to think about and to consider. Like, no, maybe he's 34 turning 35, but regardless, that's getting up there for a safety. Safety or, uh, well, safeties last longer than the cornerbacks, but I'm just saying. Maybe you have to do that. Is he willing to? It's He's kind of back and forth on it, actually. Uh, so we'll see what happens. But <laughs> I think both of those positions should be replaced. Yes, I, I think Jamarcus Sanford is not a starter, and uh, Abdullah has been hurt for a while. So Mr. Al Raymond's been playing. Mr. Raymond is a backup at best. He's gonna have, he's gonna have to fight for his uh, career here. Yeah, he's gonna have to fight for a roster spot next year. I think is Mr. Al Raymond. He hasn't shown me enough to merit uh, playing time on Sundays. It doesn't necessarily mean cut him, but to me, it doesn't merit playing time. As far as I'm concerned, at the kicker, he says, unless Longo retires, stand Pat. Yeah. I mean, the kickers are, are great. I say keep them, obviously, and so does Brent. So thanks for that, Brent. That really did add to the show. It's kind of a way to, in a way, kind of review the year a little bit and or look at some of the positions. That's some cool stuff. We'll, we'll look more into those guys that you mentioned in the free agency as we move on. But uh, they're familiar names, but I don't have their stats right in front of me. I did, didn't dig them up. So we'll get to that soon. Dan Taylor says, well... <laughs> Well, it was only tied for the worst season ever, and Jared only just missed out on a single-season record. He is a new Viking season holder, season leader, so that's cool. He had an awesome game today. Otherwise, a pretty dull game. Webb looks less and less like a starting quarterback to me. He spends half his time running backwards and risking 20-yard sacks. He's a great athlete, but not a quarterback right now. Looking forward to that number three draft pick. We'll get around to writing a longer review of the year type post later. So, yeah, thank you for that, Dan. That'll be very cool when you do write that. I do. I'm looking forward to it. I look forward to when you do write those review posts. Uh, Brent Jacobson wrote some of his up there, and that was very, very cool. I, I love that stuff. It, it just adds to the show. You get opinions and thoughts. So, with that said, we are going to take a quick break, look at some of those players a little bit, and then we'll preview the playoffs because the playoff picture has absolutely been taking shape over the last few hours here <laughs> yeah it's getting late on january 1st not that late yet the uh, actual the giants and cowboys game is still going as of right now but it's all looking like it's going to be the giants so giants going into uh new orleans so we'll worry about that when the time comes but with that yeah we'll take a quick break we'll look at some of those players brent mentioned and we'll do the playoff picture right after this <laughs> are back here on Purple Mafia, episode number 106, which is a reminder for iPod users and other MB3 players like the Microsoft Zoom and others. 
you know, you get the idea. iPod, Microsoft's doing all that good stuff. But I say it every show because you never know who's a new listener, and there's probably a different, there's probably some new listeners every show. Hopefully they stick around and don't disappear after one or two shows. Hopefully you guys keep coming back. Thank you all so very much. So, yeah, it's going to be, it, it's a long in folks. It's time to get back to work here on Pro Mafia, isn't it? You know, one week hiatus, this is what happens. It's going to be a long in, and of course it's season ending, uh, season finale, all that good stuff. So there's always extra stuff to talk about going into the uh, the off season, who stays, who goes, and then of course the postseason. That's right. So we talked about a lot of the who stays, who goes. We talked about a lot of the injury situations, who should be the quarterback of the future, who shouldn't, and well, I guess both either one of them could be the quarterback of the future, and either one of them is a guarantee. So, with that said, with that said, it's time to look at a few numbers with that uh, Brent Jacobson brought up. So first off, we'll start off with a guy like uh, we'll start off with Trevor Laws. Um, Last year, last year he played with the Philadelphia Eagles. Of course, a defensive tackle. Uh, he's a, he's under thirty. Uh, definitely not much of a uh, a pass rush type of guy. But then again, you're not always looking for pass rush for the defensive tackle position. You look to him as possibly a more of a uh, a run stopper. Looks like he'd be kind of you know his numbers aren't all that impressive. Maybe another a Doyle type, but hopefully better at it. <laughs> but uh, he's an overall he's a pretty good run stopper in general. Though he only got like 19 tackles this year, 15 tackles the year before total. Though you hope there are some tackles for loss in there. Uh, a few years ago, yeah, he had 34 tackles for loss. So he's more of like a backup type of fill-in type of defensive tackle. But hey, you know he can kind of help out. He's probably better than he probably would be better than uh, what's his face, oh uh, a Doyle or whoever. There's not really much much to go on with some of those backup guys. But that's not one of the most impressive or most exciting ones. So now we're going to try to look more into some of the others here, like Manny Lawson. Get to that here as we go. Manny Lawson, linebacker, Cincinnati Bengals. Well, of course, he's going into the postseason. We'll get into that shortly. His numbers are pretty decent. Hopefully wouldn't be too expensive. But then again, yeah, he's not that young. Or he's not that young. He was a first-round pick. Originally by the San Francisco 49ers years ago, he would be actually a pretty strong addition to this team. He got six and a half sacks a few years ago, three sacks a year ago, and one and a half this year. Looked like he may have had a little bit of a bite of the injury bug, had a little bit of a down year with Cincinnati. So then again, you know, maybe not necessarily injuries, but a little bit less playing time, a little bit less numbers. So maybe you try to capitalize on a guy like that because he didn't have such a big year with Cincinnati. So might as well, maybe we could try to get him for a reasonable price. The guy to possibly look at, as you mentioned, it's uh, you know it's worth looking at some of these guys. It's cool how he kind of came up with all these thoughts. Probably obviously looked at some free uh, free agent lists and such. We all know about some of the, uh, we all know about Steve Johnson and such. We'll look at one more here for the linebacker position. Dan Connor was a guy, another guy he mentioned. So yes, Dan Connor, who played for the uh, the the uh, Carolina Panthers, the uh, the uh, right. Good times there. Yep, he was a third-round pick in 2008 as well. Uh, or 2008, anyway. He was a third-round pick. He had 70 tackles this year. No sacks, but definitely a guy who can rack up the tackles. You got it like that. A, oh, oh, overall, a decent uh, linebacker, I got to think. Again, most of the guys he's looking at are about in their mid to upper 20s. So they still have some years on them. I mean, yeah, they're guys to look at. 
So, um, obviously, nothing really stands out where you're like, oh my god, we have to have him. But, hey, I gotta think there'd be possible improvements to the roster. Maybe nothing spectacular, but at least they would help out things. Dan Connor does look like to be a pretty good, uh, Dan Connor is a pretty decent linebacker. Um, I do like Manny Lawson. That's a guy I've, I've, I've heard of before, obviously. He's, he's alright. Trevor Laws, a little, yep, he's got that run-stopping ability. He doesn't get too many tackles, but he helps kind of push the line back. That's kind of what Trevor Laws' role would be. You know, it's not always in the stats. It's more or less in what what they do in the game in general. Sometimes a lot of stuff is not on stats, especially on the offensive line. Obviously, you can't really judge them. You have to actually see him play. Um, we have a pretty good idea about Steve Johnson, Robert Meacham. A lot of guys have heard about them. Decent players. Maybe not the best ever, but they're, they're all right. Of course, he, a member of the Buffalo Bills, I think he would actually be the, yeah, he would be the most exciting addition out of the whole group, I would say. Uh, Steve Johnson, of course, had almost 1,000 yards and 6 touchdowns this year, 72 catches for the Buffalo Bills. Would make a nice addition to this team. He's only 25 years old, so that's a guy absolutely worth looking at for the Minnesota Vikings. Um, and obviously, he's got some years in already in his career. A decent player. I think he'd fit in pretty nicely with this team. Quite honestly, I would not mind a Steve Johnson uh, addition. Again, I don't think he would be all too expensive. Maybe a little bit. But, yeah, you free up Casse so the guys like Steve Hutchinson. So, with that said, let's move on to the <laughs> Twitter account. I don't feel like going any further. Yeah, we're not going to go any further. Robert Meacham is a decent player. But we'll, we'll, we don't need to look at numbers all the time. It's more or less how good they are. I think Steve Johnson would be more interesting in, in that group. Robert Meacham would kind of be more of a, a decent addition. So, with that said, you have your uh, the AFC uh, playoff picture is set completely. I'm going to make a few predictions along the way. Uh, at the beginning of the season, I had the New England Patriots and Wonk Wonk, the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, that's right. The Philadelphia Eagles, I had them going to the... Uh, the Super Bowl against the New England Patriots, so that didn't work out too good. Sorry, Michael Vick, but you suck. Yeah, that's right, you suck, and uh, you let me down there pretty bad. Yeah, you did. Sorry for believing in you. I never should have, because you're uh, not as good as you as advertised. You just you just not, and that's all there is to it. <laughs> yeah, Michael Vick. Whatever, right? Whatever. So anyhow, we'll move on from that. Not important. You have the New England Patriots with the number one overall seed, so I'm right in that area so far. New England Patriots, number one overall seed in the AFC with 13-3. and three. Baltimore Ravens get this first round by, and the number two seed at 12-4. and four. The Houston Texans, division champions, but a weak division champion with the number three seed, 10-6. and six. You have number four, a really weak division champion, the 8-8 eight and eight Denver Broncos, led by Tebow. That's right, Tim Tebow did get the Broncos into the playoffs. Oh my God, it actually happened. Wouldn't that be funny if they went all the way to the Super Bowl and beat the Packers? <laughs> I'd say the Packers were undefeated. It'd be kind of like the New York Giants crazy run. Speaking of the New York Giants, they are going to be in the playoffs at 9-7. and seven. We'll get to that later, though. Fifth seed, the best fifth seed ever at 12-4, and four, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the defending uh, AFC champions in a very strong possibility of going back to the AFC title. We'll see. They have to do it through the wild card, though. 12-4, and four. we'll get to that in a little bit. In fact, they will visit the Broncos. The Cincinnati Bengals will visit Houston, Texas with the third-string quarterback. 
So why do I think the Houston Texans are going to win that game? Uh, well, I don't. I think the Cincinnati Bengals win on the road. Yeah, I'm picking Cincinnati to win a playoff game again. Yeah, that's right. Well, they have a rookie quarterback who is decent. He might be another Joe Flacco type, actually, in uh, Mr. Dalton, Andy Dalton. I think the 9-7 and Bengals go into Houston, Texas, and defeat the, uh, the Texans. And, yeah, the Steelers are going to end the Denver Broncos run quickly and quietly. Denver Broncos are done right away. Pittsburgh Steelers advance, and they will visit Baltimore, Maryland. Yeah, that, that rivalry will continue in a big way because, of course, they would be the fifth seed. They would go to Baltimore, and that would get uh, very, very interesting. I think the Ravens, you know, because I'm going to do the whole prediction right now, I think the Ravens defeat the Pittsburgh Steelers and go into the, NFC, the AFC Championship game. And, of course, the Cincinnati Bengals will not beat the New England Patriots. But then, ladies and gentlemen... Yeah, as mentioned, I did pick the New England Patriots to win the Super Bowl at the beginning of the season. So, but but I got to go with the gut feeling in the postseason, folks, with the way things are, um, with the way things have been going, folks, over the years, and the way the situation is setting up for me right now. I think the Baltimore Ravens will represent the AFC in the Super Bowl because the Baltimore Ravens always beat the New England Patriots. Yes, they do. The Patriots do not match up well with physical teams, especially in the postseason. They lost to the Jets. They lost to the uh, the Giants. They lost to the Ravens, and they're going to lose to the Ravens again. That's right. And the Baltimore Ravens will defeat the New England Patriots in the AFC Championship game and will represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. And ladies and gentlemen, the Baltimore Ravens will be giving a certain football team that plays in Wisconsin a hell of a battle. So you can kind of guess who I'm picking to win the NFC. Yeah. You can kind of guess. It's not that hard, is it? So, with the playoff picture set in the NFC, because the Giants won, they are in. Thank God the Cowboys are not in. Green Bay Packers are the number one seed. First round by 15-1. and one. That's right. 15-1. and one. Green Bay Packers, best record ever in Green Bay, Wisconsin. They are now tied with the Vikings for their best regular season ever at 15-1. and one. I don't think the Green Bay Packers season will finish quite as, their postseason will finish quite as frustrating as the Minnesota Vikings did in 98, because the Vikings didn't even get to the Super Bowl. Um, there are a couple of Atlanta Falcon-type uh, scary scary teams, though, that are in the NFC. The first one is the, the, the San Francisco 49ers, who just flat win. They kind of reek of Atlanta a little bit with a strong running game, strong defense, and kind of a backup starter-type quarterback in Alex Smith. San Francisco 49ers do pose a threat to the Green Bay Packers. Do they pose enough threat in, to win in Lambeau Field? Well, we'll worry about that when the time comes. <laughs> the New Orleans Saints, that's right, the New Orleans Saints are the number three seed with a 13-3 and record. That is about as strong as I've ever seen for the top three in the conference. 15-1, and 13-3, and 13-3. And the balance of power is unbelievable. I mean, that's why there are so many crappy teams in the NFL this year, because there are so many good teams in the NFL this year. There are, team, there are so many victories spread around for teams like the Saints and 49ers and Packers and Lions, teams like that, and the Patriots and Ravens and, and Steelers and all that. that. So all those wins are going to those teams and no wins are coming to Minnesota and, and uh, Jacksonville and, and <laughs> teams like that, Miami. Not, not very many wins are coming their way. So there you go. You have the number three New Orleans Saints. They will host a, a wild card game against the... Uh, the Detroit Lions, who I think won't stand a chance in, the, in that game, but I'll just leave that there. 
The number four seed will be the New York Giants. They will host the Atlanta Falcons, and that'll be a very good football game. The nine and seven Giants, the ten and six Atlanta Falcons, will match up in the first round. So we're going to start off with the New Orleans Saints, the heavily favored New Orleans Saints against Detroit Lions. They will win. That's right. The uh, Detroit, the New Orleans Saints will win in a very convincing fashion, I believe, in the Superdome or whatever they call it. I think it's still a Superdome. Yep. Um, they will beat the Detroit Lions. The Silver Dome or Ford Field-led uh, Detroit Lions will not win, even though they are a dome team, and dome teams play well in New Orleans. Um, they will not win. The New Orleans Saints will advance to round number two. The Atlanta Falcons will not defeat the New York Giants in New York. I, nobody... Nobody wins in New York in the postseason, except for the 97 Vikings, which is funny because that Giants team was so so pathetic, they didn't deserve to beat anybody. <laughs> the 97 Giants were pathetic. So the Vikings took them out uh, in that game, despite the fact it took a miracle to do it. Um, Giants defeat the Atlanta Falcons. To me, there is no doubt that's going to happen. The Warm City Atlanta and the Cold City New York Giants win. Giants win big time. And then the Giants head to Green Bay to try to perform another, yet another miracle. Just like in 2007, the New York Giants defeat the Green Bay Packers in 2007, force Favre into an interception. No, it's not going to happen. The same problem will not take place. Green Bay Packers take care of business against the New York Giants in round two. That'll be a 42 to like 17 type game. I mean, <laughs> Green Bay Packers are going to coast to the NFC Championship game. There's no doubt about it. And the New Orleans Saints, I think they derail the 49ers. Yes, I do, at least at this point in time. I just think they're going to be a little bit too much. I mean, I want to pick the 49ers. I like the Niners more than the Saints, but I think the firepower of the Saints is just too good. Um, You have a quarterback like Alex Smith going against a record setter like Drew Brees. (laughs) I think the New Orleans Saints propose a ridiculous threat to the Green Bay Packers. I mean, they are stomping everybody right now. It's a nightmare. Uh, Atlanta has has that kind of talent as well, but I don't think they're ready to beat the Giants. I just think Atlanta was a disappointment this year, folks. They are. And the way they got beat by the Packers last year, why would I think they're going to beat the Packers this year or the Saints or the Giants? No, Atlanta loses. But no, I as of right now, I am picking the New Orleans Saints to defeat the... Uh, I mean, I, I might change that prediction next week. And, uh, but this is the initial prediction. This is the one that counts for the, the big picture. At that point, I'll just make a prediction saying I think who's going to win this game, you know, the current prediction. But as of right now, I have the New Orleans Saints and the Green Bay Packers representing the NFC in the championship game, the NFC title game. That is going to be a very, very, very unbelievable football game. That is going to be the two best quarterbacks in the whole world going at it. Yep, they're even better than Tom Brady, even though Brady's that good. <laughs> it's those, those three are the three best quarterbacks in football, by the way. Wouldn't it be cool if the Patriots did make it to the Super Bowl and uh, one of those teams would have to beat the other two great teams? You have to beat the Packers and, and Patriots if you're the Saints. <laughs> you know, Or if you're the Patriots, you have to beat Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees, or you have to beat Drew Brees and Brady to win the Super Bowl if you're the, the Packers. That'd be an unbelievable, epic game. Forgive the word epic, but it would be incredible. Yeah. It sure would. I mean, uh, even Matthew Stafford had an unbelievable year. You could say he's about the fourth or fifth best quarterback right now, at least statistically. The guy is just off the charts awesome. Awesome right now. There's no doubt about that. 
But as of right now, <laughs> I can't go against Green Bay, and it's not because I love them. I just can't. I cannot go against the Green Bay Packers, even against the Saints. I think the Packers win and in a very good game. <laughs> I mean, the game that was played today by Matt Flynn and Matthew Stafford, it was just ridiculous. I mean, they sit Aaron Rodgers, let him rest. They're not going for undefeated anymore. They lost one game. They finished 15 and one. Big, no big, no big problem there. It's a great record, off the charts, great record. Um, but the Packers, uh, healthy, strong, and just unbelievable. They take care of business against the Saints. It might be like 45 to 35 or something like that. But I think the Green Bay Packers go to the Super Bowl to play the Baltimore Ravens on Super Bowl Sunday. And that's when the Ravens win it. No, <laughs> no, I, I think the Ravens will put up an unbelievable battle. I really do. I mean, the New York, Ra- New York Ravens, see, you can see what I'm trying to get to. The Baltimore Ravens have New York Giants in them, I think. You know, when I'm talking about the 2000... Yeah, the 2007 Giants, when I talk about the 2007 Giants, I think the Ravens have that in them. I do. I mean, their the roster isn't the sexiest thing ever, but they win games, and they do get to the quarterback, and they do run the ball, and they do have a capable quarterback. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be an epic game. Again, forgive me for using that word, but it's going to be an awesome football game. The Packers will be in trouble at times. The Packers will have the fear of, of well, I, you know, forgive the word, they will have the fear of God in them not saying Baltimore Ravens are God, because they're not. I'm just saying they will have the fear of God in them, because the Baltimore Ravens will be knocking on that door, folks. They will be very close to a Super Bowl championship. Very, very close to their second title in 12 years. But in the end, the Green Bay Packers will win the Super Bowl again. Yeah. Uh, It's like, I want to pick the Baltimore Ravens, and I think they can do it, but as of right now, Oh boy, I'm 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 really close to picking the Ravens to winning this thing, because I think they can, I do, but I think the Packers are just on a mission, like like there's never been. I mean they have this this team is just so good, they're so well put together, and unfortunately for all of us Viking fans, I think they're gonna win another one, and they will be a five-time Super Bowl champion. I cannot believe that me the Purple Mafia. That's right, the host of the Purple Mafia, the Pro Mafia host, here in episode 106, just picked the Green Bay Packers to win the Super Bowl. But it's my job to not just be a uh, to not just be a Kool-Aid drinking fan, but to be an honest fan and an honest show host. Kind of like an anchor, you could say, in some ways. A sports anchor of some sorts. I have to pick the Packers to win the Super Bowl because they're the best team in football, and that's all there is to it. So the 2000... 11 Super Bowl champions will be Green Bay in a very narrow, bitter game with the Baltimore Ravens. And those Ravens absolutely can win the Super Bowl. Yes, they can. I think they are that good. I think they're that ready. I mean, I, I've been watching this team closely for for years now. I have watched them get better and better and better and better year in and year out. They continue to rise to the top. The Baltimore Ravens absolutely can win the Super Bowl this year. That's why I picked them to beat the Patriots. I was ready to pick them to beat the Patriots, folks. Uh, If Green Bay wasn't this good, like say if it was New Orleans and Baltimore, 
Baltimore Ravens would be the champions. San Francisco, Baltimore would be the champions. But with the way Green Bay is having one of those years, one of those crazy, crazy years, I gotta go with Green Bay. I mean, they're kind of like the Denver Broncos in the late '90s, and they were almost undefeated. You know, <laughs> they're they're an unbelievable football team that's gonna take care of business and get her done here. But but I will make one final thing to note before I close here and, and go to the contact details. The last two 15 and one teams did not make it to the Super Bowl. 98 Vikings and 2004 Pittsburgh Steelers both lost in the playoffs before they got to the Super Bowl. That's right. Yes, they did. The Steelers did not get to the Super Bowl. The Packers, or the Packers, the Vikings did not get to there either. But before that, there were three other 15-1 teams. They were, or actually, there were only two other 15-1 teams. Excuse me. There were only two. They were the uh, the 85 Bears and the 89 uh, Niners who crushed everybody. Just stomped everybody and won it all. Uh, really, if you want to compare a team to the Green Bay Packers, a 15, the other 15-1 team, it was, it's the Niners. It's the Niners. The 49ers uh, that went 15-1 and won the Super Bowl. That's the Packers. I hate to say it, but it's fact. It's the end of story. It's fact. So, there you go. Five Super Bowls for Green Bay. So with that, we'll get to the contact details and we'll call it a show. It's a long one, but what'd you expect? You know, it's the end of the season. It's a long one. Yes, it is. So, we would like you to join the message boards on the sportsstuff.com. We'd appreciate that oh so very much. On the front page of the website, that being the sportsstuff.com, click on the button that says TSS boards, then simply click register, and then get your screen name going. Get on those message boards. Uh, talk in those uh, <coughs> divisional forums. Discuss Vikings football. Discuss, uh, you can talk with anybody else in the division, of course, because the forums are split <coughs> in two divisions. Uh, you can talk about the playoffs, the Super Bowl, all that good stuff. Why not? Why not? It's more than fun. It is good stuff. It is strong football conversation. We'd like to have you on there. It would be also cool. Don't forget the phone lines, 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. Maybe make your Super Bowl uh, prediction. Playoff prediction, Super Bowl prediction, uh, hate on the Packers, pick, love on the Ravens, whatever. You know, whatever you want to say, call me crazy. Tell me about how you think the New York Giants are going to pull off a miracle and knock the Packers off in the NFC title game. Just tell me. Join the conversation. It would be great. <laughs> yeah, make all your predictions. I think it's fun stuff. Why not join in? Talk about free agency. Talk about Leslie Frazier. Talk about Adrian. Talk about Ponder and Webb. Talk about it. I think Webb is a winner, but is he a star quarterback of the future? No, not not yet. Maybe, but not yet. So there you go. There's that. Uh, don't forget, or of course, yeah, of course, how could you forget because I talk about him too much, right? <laughs> Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Do go to the page and click like or and or the Twitter.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Do click the follow and it would be also very much nice to interact with you there as well. But the phone lines are as good as it gets, and I miss hearing you on those phone lines. Commenting on that Facebook page is awesome, too. Oh, so awesome. So with that, I'm going to bid it. Yep, and we will be uh, we will be doing the best we can to keep up with this football postseason. I'll be back next week. Go Ravens! <laughs>